chapter 1, verse 20, just a very short passage of Scripture. It's on the screen. If you do not have your Bible, it's there. Uh, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 20. Apostle Paul doing the writing. He's writing to uh, the church in the city of Corinth. Uh, and these are the words that he says in, these, um, in this passage of Scripture. For all the promises of God in Him are yea, and in Him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. I want to read that one more time. For all the promises of God in Him are yea, and in Him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. Let us pray. Fathers, we come to you today. We thank you and we praise you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you, God, for the privilege, God, to uh, uh, come before this uh, congregation of people today. I'm asking God for your anointing. I'm asking God for your um, uh, guidance, God, as we minister what we feel like you have placed upon our heart. And I'm asking that you will speak to each and every one that is here. Help us, God, to be followers of you, God, in everything that we do. In Jesus' name we uh, pray, let the church say, Amen. You can be seated. Praise God. From that passage of Scripture... I'd like to speak to you on a subject titled, The Sure Promises of God. The Sure Promises of God. Amen. All the promises of God in Him are yea, and in Him, amen. Now, if you got a more modern translation of the Bible, you you'll find out right above, and you probably maybe got it in your Scripture if you got a more modern translation, the word yea there means yes. It means yes. Uh, it's, it's what that means. And the word amen means so be it or let it be. Uh, and basically put these together, it means something that you can count on. Something that you can rely on. All the promises of God in Him are yes, or yea, and in Him, amen. Something that you can count on, something that you can rely on. Now, we live in a world which is filled with all kinds of uncertainties. Nobody here, there's nobody here can be certain about tomorrow. You don't know what tomorrow is really going to bring for you. You got some plans. I got some plans of what I think I'm going to do tomorrow. You know, I mean, now it's uh, uh, what uh, five minutes to twelve by the clock back there, and, and, and tomorrow uh, five minutes to twelve. You know, I mean, uh, in my mind, I, I've got plans about what what I'll be at and what I'll be doing. But you know what? I'm not guaranteed of that. I'm not for certain that's what it'll be. By tomorrow, this time, Brother Dallas, I could be in a hospital room somewhere. Could be in an operating room undergoing a surgery. Or, by this time tomorrow, my body could be laying on that cold table uh, in uh, the mortuary's room, and they're doing the embalming process on me. Come on, I'm, I'm talking straight today. You, there's nothing in the, in your life that's that's for sure, for certain. There's nothing that you can really 100% count on and rely on. You make plans, 
and you, you, know, you do various things. But things have a way in changing in a split second of time. Hallelujah. I mean, our life changed abruptly, you know, uh, uh, two and a half, three years ago when uh, 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 Sister Darlene was in the automobile and she fell asleep and went off the road and hit that telephone pole. I mean, things changed. Amen. And you don't know what can happen to you tomorrow. You don't know what can happen to you this afternoon. We live in a world that is filled with uncertainties. There are so many things of which we can never be sure of. Our life. You can't be sure of your life. How many can raise your hand and say, Oh, you're sure my life, you know, I'll be breathing tomorrow. Or I'll be breathing the next hour. There are are ministers and preachers I know who fell dead behind the pulpit preaching. Hey, I I don't think there'd be no better way to go. Hallelujah. What better way to be going than that? I mean, our life is uncertain. Our health. Our finances. Even the nation in which we live seem to be constantly drifting away from the foundational principles on which this great nation was built. But I've got some good news. I don't, I'm not here to give you all bad news. I've got some good news for you. Matter of fact, that's what the gospel is. It's good news. Hallelujah. Amen. And, and that good news that I've got, amen, to share with those who think um, that there is nothing or no one left or which you can count on. Because there is someone that you can count on. There is someone that you can rely on. There is someone, amen, who will never change. He was the same yesterday, today, and forever. And His name is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. He is, a, he is one that you can rely on. Hallelujah. The Word of God is filled with promises. Promises that He has made concerning those who love and follow Him. And according to the Scripture that I just got through reading a few minutes ago, He assures us that every promise shall be kept, and all His Word will be fulfilled. Hallelujah. All the promises of God in Him are yea or yes, are certain, are sure, can be relied on. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. There's a lot of people who make promises. But sometimes the promises are not a promise you can really rely on because what you need to do is check their track record. Sometimes when you check their track record, gives you a little bit of indication of whether or not you can, uh, you can uh, uh, count on or, or take, take, take much in uh, of what they're saying. Hallelujah. Going back to the political race now, I mean, you know, there's a whole lot of promises that's being made. Amen. The closer we get to November, the more promises that you will hear. But see, I'm 53 years old, 
and uh, I've been through and seen a, a few political uh, things come and go, and um, and, I, and I have found out by, by by experience that by the time the election is over with, uh, the promises are over with too. And I've seen that by members of both parties. Amen? Hallelujah. But we're talking about the promises of God today. We're not talking about the promises of, of, of a man, a, a political leader, a religious leader. We're talking about the promises of God. What God has promised in His Holy Word concerning you. And so, to find out if, 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 if His promises are yea, if they can be counted on, if they can be relied on, then we need to go back and check his track record. Hallelujah. Let's just look a little bit. And I mean, uh, uh, we don't have time for a lot of them, but let, let's just go back and check a few of them. I'm going to be going to Luke 24 and 49, and we'll find in Luke 24 and 49, we find a promise that the Father made to send His Spirit. The promise of the Father to send His Spirit. Luke 24 and 49, And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry you in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Now this is a scripture that we all uh, know that we're quite familiar with. And it's a promise. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. That was a promise that Jesus made. Before Christ left this earth to send back into heaven, there were several promises He made concerning the coming of the Holy Spirit. He wanted to assure the disciples that He would not leave them alone and that the Comforter would come to stand with them. Hallelujah. Let me just stop and tell you right now, church, that when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we're not just talking about some kind of emotional thing, some kind of goosebumps on your boot, goosebumps up your spine and down your spine. Oh, you know, that, that's, that's an added benefit, maybe. I mean, that, that may be a sideline, a side benefit, but that's nowhere near what it's all about. And too many Pentecostal people has focused on that too long. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You don't judge where somebody's got the Holy Ghost or not. Amen. About how high they jump, how fast they run. Amen. Or whether they do this or do that. He said, I don't want to leave you alone. I'm not going to leave you alone. You need a comforter. You need somebody to comfort you. That was the promise that Jesus made before He went away. He promised of a comforter. In John 14 and 26, we find more words concerning the same thing. But the comforter, who is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Hallelujah. So the Holy Ghost is a comforter. The Holy Ghost is someone, amen, who will walk with you, who will guide you, who will lead you, give you wisdom and give you understanding. And by the way, 
By the way, for those who seem to think that the Holy Spirit is just another person other than the very Spirit of Jesus Himself, we need to consider what else Jesus had to say concerning the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Are there three thrones in heaven? Throne number one, number two, number three. Kind of reminds me of let's make a deal. Used to watch Monty Hall. Which curtain are you going to pick? When you got a need, which, which one are you going to pray to? Who are you going to look to? You can call on you want to, but I'm calling on Jesus. Hallelujah. And he's not number three down the line. Just who is this Holy Spirit? I'm glad you asked, I'll tell you. In John 14, we'll stay in the 14th chapter, verse 18. These are the words of Jesus. They're not in red up here, but they're in red in, in, in the Bible. Jesus says, I will not leave you comfortless. Who, he says, is going to come? I will come to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm coming to you. What did he mean, Brother Sammy? His body went back up, uh, amen, into the air, amen, in the atmosphere. Hallelujah. But that Holy Ghost power that came back on the day of Pentecost was the very Spirit of Jesus Christ. It was Jesus. It was Jesus. And it's Jesus that I got in me. And if you're Holy Ghost filled today, it's Jesus who is in you. Hallelujah. Now, I'm not preaching a one God message this morning. If I was, I could bring out more, a whole lot more scripture than just John 14 and 18. But he said, I will not leave you comfortless. I, personal pronoun, will come to you. And so, the promise was fulfilled at Pentecost. But for those who claim the Holy Spirit was some one-hit wonder. Anybody know what a one-hit wonder is? Every Saturday night, people pay big money to go down here to the Grand Ole Opry. And they'll go in there listen to the guy get up on stage that had one hit back in 1946. Stonewall Jackson, he's one of them. You know, and not just country singers, but there's a lot, even the rock field or whatever, there's a lot of them who came out, man, hit hit, hit the thing big. But at time proved it was just one hit wonders. One time and they were gone. Hallelujah. But you know what? There's a lot of people in some churches today, by way, the way they talk about this Holy Ghost, that have you believe that the Holy Ghost is just a one-hit wonder. Oh, yeah. I know what happened on Pentecost. I know that they all got that Holy Ghost on Pentecost, and they all begin to speak in tongues on Pentecost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But I want you to know something. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost that Jesus promised to send was not a one-hit wonder. It was just a one-time thing. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Acts chapter 2 and verse 39 said, For the promise is a... Talking about the promise again now. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all. Somebody say all. Hallelujah. To all who are far off, even as many as the Lord their God shall call. Has God called you for salvation? Hallelujah. Has God called you for salvation? By the Bible, has God called you for salvation?
situation. Sister Leonard, has God called you? Anybody in the house that God has called out of darkness into the marvelous light? You have been promised this Holy Ghost. So the Holy Ghost I got was no one hit wonder. Oh, it died off with the apostles. Yeah, all right. Hallelujah. Open up your Bible and I'll give you an ink pen. I'll let you scratch out all those scriptures you want to scratch out. But the promise, it's unto you, to your children, to your children's children, all those who are far off. Even as many as the Lord our God shall call. But the promise of the Holy Ghost is not the only promise made. That was one in the New Testament. So let's go back and talk about the promise which was made to Abraham and Sarah to have a son. Romans chapter 9, verse 9. Amen. He's referring back to the Old Testament. In Romans 9, 9, For this is the word of promise. At this time I will come, and Sarah shall have a son. When God first called Abraham, He gave him a solemn promise that he would have a son whose seed would bless all people. Now, although it took longer than Abraham expected, the son was promised just as God said. Matter of fact, the promise came, and just because it was taking a little bit long, Abraham and Sarah thought they would help God out a little bit. We interrupt this program for a special announcement. God does not need your help. <laughs> and if Abraham hadn't, Sarah hadn't tried to help God, we'd still have, a, a, amen, the towers in New York. We wouldn't be fighting terrorists nowhere. We would have to worry about jihad. Amen. Or the Taliban or Taliban or whatever you want to call them. Hallelujah. Amen. All this mess has started way back yonder when two people would not accept the promise of God. Sarah, they're getting older. Get up in years. Everybody knew she was barren. She was not able to give birth. But she had she had a servant girl, an Egyptian, an Egyptian. And Sarah got that servant girl. By the army, marched her up to Abraham. And here Sarah was, quite a bit older, possibly a few gray hairs. Here was this young servant girl. And 
probably wasn't a gray hair in her, dark complected, cold black hair, where those Egyptians are. She says, Sarah says, Abraham says, I want to give you Hagar, amen, to wife, that I may have children by her, because by law, since she is my servant, if she has children, they belong to me. And I want you to imagine Abraham now standing there beside of his his older wife and this young, pretty Egyptian young girl standing there. He said, well, yeah, I think that's the will of God. Hello, somebody. Come on. And we're still going through junk today. Hallelujah. Because God made a promise. Hallelujah. And all the promises of God are yes. They're for sure. Hallelujah. So he married that Egyptian. And he gave birth. She gave birth to Ishmael. Which started the the lineage of the Arab people. And I don't have to go no further than that. We know what's happened since then. Hallelujah. And I'm sorry. I don't care what nobody says. I, I, I respect I respect my president as the president of the United States, but no matter if he says it, nobody else says it. The Muslim faith is not a faith of peace. It is in the Quran that you go out and you bring converts. But if you can't convert them, then you murder and kill the infidel. Hallelujah. The book that I preach from today tells me to go out into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. But it don't tell me to kill those who don't listen. Hallelujah. Because every Sunday I preach in this church out here, there'd be some people I'd have to knock out. Week after week, I preach anointed messages. And there are people get up out of their seat and walk out of that door and don't pay no more mind to what the Spirit of God says through the, amen, through the ministry that a man the moon. Hallelujah. I'd have to be knocking them off. I'd have to be like, I'd have to be like, uh, uh, Samuel was. Hey, and I'm Samuel. King Saul was commanded by God to go down and kill the Amalekites. Save nothing. Destroy them all because this is my judgment on what they did to the nation of Israel when they was wandering through the wilderness. While they was wandering through the wilderness, they snuck up behind Israel. And Brother Bobby, all the older people, the ones who were old and couldn't keep up, they slaughtered them. That's right, the weak. They killed him. And God says, judgment will come to Amalek. Hallelujah. When he finally got a king, Saul went down there. He, he spared the king and all that good cattle and all that stuff that looked good. They brought that back. Everybody knows the story. I won't create a longer message again, but, but after, after Samuel spoke to Saul what he did, Samuel got a sword and went over there, and the Bible said he hewn Agag, 
that king into pieces. Hallelujah. Cut him up. Amen. And went on down the road prophesying. So you see, if the Christianity faith was like the Muslim faith, I'd have to cut up a few people every now and then. Hallelujah. Amen. But it's, it's, it's not like that. Amen. It's not like that. In, amen. In this great message. Hallelujah. Now, I could go on and on giving example after example where God was true to His Word. And in the house today, there are many people here. If I asked you to, you could stand up and you could give a testimony of how God performed His Word in your life just like He said He would do. So the track record of Jesus is far better than the track record, amen, of politicians and most used car salesmen. Hallelujah. I said most used car salesmen, you know. We, we, get, we got one comes here, you know. I mean, I, that's, that's why I put most in there. Hallelujah. Praise God. The promises of God are yes or trustworthy. The second part of the message. We've examined the track record. We're trying to find out if the promises of God are true or not. Can you rely on them? We've looked at now the track record. Like I said, I could go on and on giving you an example. But let's talk about promises that we can rely on today. Because that's what it's all about. I mean, what happened back yonder 2,000 years ago does not help us out a whole lot today. We've got we to gotta get some relevancy for us today. Hallelujah. Promises we can rely on today. Second Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and verses 4. God said He gave us a promise that He would give us whatever we needed to get the job done. Whatever God calls you to do, God's going to give you what you need to fulfill that calling. Hallelujah. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3. According as His divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who has called us to glory and virtue, by which are given unto us exceedingly great and precious, what? Promises. That by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through the lust. Hallelujah. Whatever you need to get the job done, God has promised to give you what you need. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Everything, amen, that Christ Family Church needs around here, God makes a way, amen, to see we get what we need. And so in your own private life. I'm, I'm rushing. I'm going on. Let's talk about promises to supply all your needs. Now, this is individual. Every one of us individually. I started out the message talking about how we're living in an uncertain world. And people are worried about a lot of things. Worried about finances and, and all this kind of stuff. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 19. There's a promise to supply all your need. But my God shall supply a few, some. No. My God shall supply all you need according to First National Bank. According to Freddie Mac. Hallelujah. 
we're, you know what? We we're not very much big shots around here, but it looks like our pocketbooks going to have to bail them out again. Hallelujah. Going to supply all you need according to the riches were. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. You know, sometimes we get weak. And and sometimes Sister Darlene can preach a powerful preach a powerful message to the preacher. When she says, Preacher, you ought to have more faith than that. Hello. Because sometimes we get weak. And we forget. But God has promised. If I need it, I'm going to get it. If you need it, you're going to get it. A song we used to sing a long time ago, God will make a way when there is no way. I know God will make a way for you. Yeah. Hallelujah. Now, sometimes we get upset and we wonder about the promises because we say, well, didn't that Scripture say, Philippians 4.19, that God shall supply all your need, and I prayed hard for God to give me that Lincoln. God, and I didn't get it. That's because God says, "Yeah, you need a you need a GM product, boy." Under the anointing, Hallelujah, <laughs> glory. You see, I said that to say this. There's a lot of things we think we need that God says we don't need. That scripture again now, just like I, I it don't say my God shall supply some or part of your need. But also, it don't say this, my God shall supply all your wants. Huh? I have a feeling that most of us, especially in America, there's a whole lot more we want than is what we actually need. And just because we want something, we don't get it. We don't don't need to uh, look down on the promise of God. Hallelujah! Because we, what, what we want sometimes is not the best thing for us. And Sister Darlene, I was talking just the other day. Here, let me let me let me let me give you one thing that should keep you keep you uh, happy and not let you doubt the promise of God. I don't have the scripture, uh, and of course God just put it into my heart, so I didn't have it ahead of time to give it to Sean to put it up there. But there's a, the scripture in the Word of God says that God would withhold no good thing from all those who walk uprightly before Him. Hallelujah! If it's something good, it will be good for you. God won't withhold it from you. He is more than glad to give it to you. So if you pray for something that you don't get, need, amen, and you don't get it, amen, then you just need to say, well, God knows something that I don't know. Hallelujah. Because He has promised that if it's good, He was going to give it to me. Hallelujah. One more promise. The promise to be received by him. John chapter 6, verse 37. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. And this promise is important to all of us because everybody here this morning who who is a Christian who says Jesus is Lord of your life, there was a time in your life that you come to the Lord and you, frankly, you was a mess. You were so messed up you literally stunk. And the source of that stink was the sin in your life. That's why nobody's a child of God has a right to look down on anybody else, no matter where they're at and what, what they've done. Because, folks, we've all been there. We don't need to get pious and have a... <laughs> Lordy God, we don't, we, don't, we don't need to tighten up that halo on our head so tight that it gives us a headache. Matter of fact, if you wear your halo... Get this, get this quote now from Brother Sammy. If you wear that halo so tight, not only will it give you a headache, but it will give the one that has to live with you a headache also. Hello, somebody. Hello. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise what? cast out. I've experienced that. Several of you have already experienced that because there was a day and time that we come to God. And sometimes when people come to God, they wonder, says, I don't know. I don't know if God will want me now or not. Because the devil's frankly done used up all the good in me. God says, no, there's still some good there. Hallelujah. I still bled and I died for you. You don't have to worry about whether or not I will accept you or not. Now, my next statement will probably cause a little stir in some people. And I will admit in my flesh it caused a stir in me. It, would, it causes a stir in me. But because of what I know about the promise of God, if Charles Manson was to drop on his knees in that, in that prison cell and call on God to forgive him for all those murders and all those acts that everybody else in America says he shouldn't have been living in prison all these years. They should have done tuck him out a long time ago. But if Charles Manson was to come to God, God wouldn't cast him out. You hear me? No matter what we think about see. It's not what I think about you or the person around you thinks. It's what God thinks about you. And I'm glad of that. I don't know about you, but I'm glad of that. Because there are some people who don't think too highly of me. But you know what? They're not my judge. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You only got one judge. And I'm not your judge. I'm not, but you got one. And it's the Lord Jesus Christ. And He's already promised. I'm talking about the promises of God. Whoever comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. That's the sure promises of God. You ain't going to find a better deal than that nowhere. Hallelujah. It ain't going to happen. The best deal in the world is right there. Praise God. So what about it? 
Are we going to accept those promises? Do we believe them? Do we believe we can count on and rely on what Jesus Christ has said and done in our life? Let's stand together. Praise God. If there's somebody here today needs to come to God, if you need to let one of these promises be fulfilled in your life, the altar is open. Hallelujah. You can come, and He's already promised, whoever comes unto me, I will know why it's cast out. It don't make no difference what you've been, what you've done. It don't make no difference how many times you've messed up. It ain't how many times you fall. It's how many times you get back up and shake the dirt off and keep going. Hallelujah. Will over the blood of Jesus.